Is the honeymoon over? Shayan J. Araja of CBS Sports asks the question. And is Oklahoma the favorite, really, going into this week's matchup against the Kansas Jayhawks? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube, so go check it out over there. My name is John Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref and Norman. Josh, several days away from the 49 nothing shutout of the Oklahoma Sooners by the Texas Longhorns. I think we're, we're probably maybe not feeling differently, but we're probably ready to move past that a little bit. But how are you feeling? How was your Monday? Ah, feel good. Feel good. Yeah, been a been a good Monday, and it is time, right? I mean, I what's the saying? Uh, you know, forgive, but you know, never forget. Well, that's kind of I think where we're at for Oklahoma. I'm ready to forgive for a little bit and. Kind of forget a little bit too, but not totally forget what happened, obviously, at the uh, Red River shootout. Ultimately, though, it is time to turn the book to Kansas, right? I mean, it's time to think about how can Oklahoma play better to win this football game. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that a little bit coming up next because Oklahoma's a six and a half point favorite over at Bet Online right now, heading into this weekend's matchup with the Kansas Jayhawks. And we'll talk about that in the second segment. But Shayhan Jay Rogers, CBS Sports, friend of the show, came on the show during the summer just to give us his insights on Oklahoma. And he, you know, was one of the guys that wasn't too high on the Sooners, thought that the turnover on the roster, turnover on the coaching staff was going to have an impact. It looks like it is having said impact this season. I wasn't really buying it. But again, that's the optimist in me. Um, but he he asked the question in a piece that he wrote for CBS Sports today that, and he's wondering, is the honeymoon over? And he basically says, yes, it is over. Josh, what do you think about that? Well, I get where he's coming from, first of all. Uh, second of all, I mean, for me, I would probably say the honeymoon's over as soon as the football season kicks off in your first year, though Again, I definitely understand what he's saying, John, which is now all of a sudden this grace period season that you had with a lot of people, right? I don't think that, you know, and there's differing of opinions on this. I really, you know, going into the year, this was a total miscalculation by me, but I really thought Oklahoma was going to be one of the preeminent forces in the Big 12. I thought they'd be a big factor in this conference race. And I thought they'd be a legitimate factor in the college football playoff race. So from that standpoint, obviously it's disappointing that that's not happened for Oklahoma. But there were many, John, that kind of were taking a more guarded, more reserved approach with Oklahoma. And I'm talking about Oklahoma fans, not Shehan J. Araja, not, you know, the national media. Oklahoma fans that thought, you know, 10-2, and 9-3 and three, year one, uh, defense plays better in Brent Venable's first season. And then year two and three is where this program will really start making its hay, where Brent Vittables will start making his hay and collectively the staff 
you'll start really seeing the effects of obviously what they've done both, you know, in-house with the players that are here right now. And then, you know, the recruiting classes that are coming in and, you know, on deck to follow. Now that you've lost three straight, that kind of feeling of, ah, yeah, I mean, I was only expecting 10 and two or nine and three this season anyways. There's still that narrative out there, John, but in terms of like the quote unquote honeymoon, this thing's kind of teetering on, it could go horribly wrong. And so if you keep losing, then yeah, I mean, the the honeymoon, I guess, is is over from that standpoint. But again, I would argue the honeymoon's over as soon as you kick off the first season. The honeymoon is the getting hired phase and all of the excitement building up to the season. From that point on, as soon as you kick off, even year one, John, for me, it's results driven. But a lot of people, obviously, I think would probably take that opinion to task a little bit. No, I think that's a fair point to make in that once you start putting results on the football field, you can really start getting a, a feel for what the Brent Venables tenure is going to look like. And I think through the first three weeks of the season, it was looking really strong. I mean, there was certain lulls in the game, but I mean, you beat UTEP by what? 31. You beat Kent state by 30. You beat Nebraska by, if I'm remembering right, it was like 35 or something like that. You had three 30 point wins to start the season. We, it's like we talked about on yesterday's show, like, or I might have been talking with somebody on Twitter, like you don't win big like that on accident. And so I think it's, I mean, I think it's a fair point to make that, you know, the honeymoon period was over as soon as you started putting the results on the field. I will say that to his point, I think a lot of people are just, they're just frustrated. I mean, you just lost your biggest rival in a huge way and you want somebody to kind of take that out on you want you know, to express that frustration, which is what we did for most of our episode yesterday. But I think for most people, you and I included, we still see something bright ahead for Brent Venables and this Oklahoma Sooners program. At least we think that there's going to be a really good program coming down the road that after this year, after he gets a couple of recruiting classes in, that things are going to look different, especially on the defensive side of the football where he can really attack the recruiting ranks and attack the transfer portal with more time and get guys in here that are going to fit what he wants to do defensively a little bit better, or maybe are just a little bit more talented. And so I do think that, you know, to an extent, like people are just kind of frustrated and maybe over a little bit of the, the coach speak, the, Hey, we're bought in, they're committed sort of a thing and, and are just ready to see the tangible results on the field. I don't know if we're going to get that. I don't know if if the rest of the 2022 season is going to provide a tangible hope for us to build upon heading into 2023. But I, I do I do see what Shayon's talking about in that. Okay, what happened in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas? It kind of cut into a lot of the goodwill that had been built up for the last nine months, ten months but I don't think we should be so short-sighted and yes, we spent a whole episode talking about how bad things were on Saturday, but again, that's, that was very localized, very focused on that game in particular, big picture wise. We still feel pretty good for the most part about where this team is headed. Now we hopefully will see better results down the road. And what we were talking about on yesterday's show is that we got to see something better for the rest of 2022, we got to see something that 
provides a bit of a spark for this team that they can build upon heading into next year. That's the big question. We're not sure if we'll see that or not. Here's something interesting to ponder. And by no stretch of the imagination, do I want this coming across as Oklahoma's winning its final six games, but just to some of the items you mentioned there, because there was so much momentum, right? In terms of the recruiting trail and everything that Brent Venables and his staff had accomplished the way that they closed out last year's recruiting class, the summer that you had recruiting everything, the, you know, message that was being shared by Brent Venables with families, all of that, like you were on a complete high going into the season. Now you're three and three feels like the world's falling out. The three straight 30 plus victories to start the season. It's basically been, you know, the last two, it's been complete reverse of that, right. For, for Oklahoma. That being said, if you win the final six, does the honeymoon period, can we revisit the honeymoon period? Or is that just because of how the last couple of weeks have played out? I mean, is that just over now? Is that impossible? No, I think it's, I don't think it's impossible. I think you're, if you're able to go out, even if you just go to a bowl game and you're able to win a bowl game at this point, I, I would feel better about where this team is headed. And really, honestly, if you just look better, like defensively, you start getting stops. Offensively, you start showing more consistency. I'll feel better. A lot of it just comes down to how this team plays, not what the results are. You know, yes, it's a results oriented industry. You win or you lose. There's no moral victories. But how you look, how you play, that does say something about the direction of your program. I think that's what we saw with Kansas last year. Speaking of Oklahoma's next opponent, they looked better when they, when they played Oklahoma and the final three games of the season where they beat Texas, they lost close to West Virginia, they lost close to TCU. They were playing very competitive football. That's what I want to see out of this Oklahoma Sooners football team. They might not win another game the rest of the year, but can they be more competitive than they've been the last couple of weeks? That's the biggest thing I'm looking for right now is how competitive can this team be? If they can get more competitive on the defensive side of the ball in particular, then I'll feel a lot better about the direction that this program is headed in. Again, I feel pretty good about where it's headed in. But you also have to see some results at least. You got to see kind of some fight, some grit, some toughness. You don't want to see Oklahoma lay down the final six, seven games of the season. You want to see them really start to turn it on and, and kind of rediscover themselves and, and come back new. And, you know, it might not happen this week against Kansas. You got a bye week after that. Maybe the last few games after the bye week, that's when we see an Oklahoma team kind of refreshed and re-energized and, um, ready to kind of turn the page on what's happened in the last three weeks. But we're going to talk about Kansas coming up because the Oklahoma Sooners are favorites in that game. And, and we're wondering whether or not they should be. But first, let me talk to you about upside from cringing at the pump to getting an eye popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts and it really hurts. That's why we started using upside upside. It is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out with every purchase. I'm earning cash back. Thanks to upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use our promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you can claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. 
Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Again, thanks for making Locked On as soon as your first listen of the day. Make sure you go check out another great Locked On podcast covering your favorite team. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, it doesn't matter. But Josh, Kansas, the upstart Kansas Jayhawks, 5-1 and one on the season, lost a, a tough one to TCU this past weekend after hosting College Game Day in Lawrence just by a score. The big storyline coming out of that game, though, is the injury to Jalen Daniels, who had been looking very, very good, starting to generate a little bit of Heisman buzz along the way, injures his shoulder, probably going to be questionable for this week. But Jason Bean, the guy who started the game last year against the Oklahoma Sooners when Kansas jumped out to a 10-0 halftime lead and had Oklahoma on the ropes for much of that game, Jason Bean came in and played very good football for the Jayhawks. And yet, despite all of that, despite Oklahoma losing big in the last couple of weeks, the Oklahoma Sooners at home are still a six and a half point favorite, according to our, our friends over at Bet Online. So what do we make of this, Josh, heading into Norman this Saturday? Well, first things first, obviously it's a gigantic loss for Kansas that it would seem Jalen Daniels, there's a good chance he's not going to play this football game, if that's the case. And obviously I think the – Odds makers are clearly accounting for that. What's sort of the general consensus usually is that a starting quarterback a lot of times can maybe make as much as a touchdown difference in sort of the the spreads that you see a lot of times. Uh, obviously, I mean, if, if that was the case here, then Oklahoma is still a favorite in the football game. So odds makers, they think Oklahoma this week, uh, regardless of the nice start that Kansas has had, they think OU's getting back on the right track this week. Now, having said that, and oh, by the way, the Jalen Daniels injury, John, not the only significant injury for Kansas either. Daniel Highshaw Jr., a uh, nice player for Kansas, uh, already had 259 rushing yards on the receiving, uh, rushing yards on the season. He, uh, he looks like he's going to miss significant time too for Kansas. So they're down a couple of big offensive pieces if, uh, if Highshaw, you know, obviously looks like he's out, and if Jalen Daniels, if he's definitely out too. While they're losing those couple of pieces, what did we see a year ago? We saw Jason Bean do what? Lead Kansas to a 10 to nothing uh, halftime lead over Oklahoma and actually make some plays coming down the home stretch. Who knows if you don't have that kind of miraculous play where what was it, Caleb that ripped the football away from Kennedy Brooks and then picked up the first down on fourth down? If you don't have that play, then who knows if Kansas and, and Bean don't just drive right down the field and beat you last season. So even though probably there's no Daniels, it's going to be a massive challenge, I think, for Oklahoma. But at least for me, I do because Dylan Gabriel, I think, is back for Oklahoma. That automatically, the last six-plus quarters for OU, John, of just ineptitude offensively, I know that there were problems. I know the accuracy concerns from Dylan Gabriel do exist still. This offense is light years better with Dylan Gabriel playing quarterback than what we've seen for the past six and a half quarters. And oh, by the way, OU's coming back home. So can that help this defense just a little bit, just a little bit with uh, Daniels out? I can see why the odds makers have Oklahoma favorite in this game. And I'm going to say something that a lot of people probably right now don't 
I don't know. Not that they don't like to hear it, but they're going to have a hard time hearing it. I do think Oklahoma's going to win this game, John. Well, they kind of need to. And getting Dylan Gabriel back does make a huge difference for this team. I just wonder, are they going to be sharp offensively after, you know, they didn't look sharp against TCU. Whatever happened against Texas happened. Will they, will they be able to find that, that uh, cohesiveness, find that again, sharp play calling the chemistry because yeah, you know, but prior to Dylan Gabriel going down, it just, the offense was a bit stagnant and it wasn't really doing what it needed to do to make plays against the TCU Horn Frogs. I like obviously this offense a lot better with Dylan Gabriel. I feel more comfortable with it. I think it provides more of a, a threat to, to the Jayhawks and Jayhawks can, they can be scored on. I mean, they've given up a lot of points this year against some pretty good offenses, you know, whether it's Duke or TCU or blanket on everybody else, but they've given up a lot of points to a lot of teams. And so Oklahoma should be able to score. It's just a matter of like how quickly can Oklahoma kind of get going in this game. Cause we've seen them have slow starts several times this season. If they can come out offensively and play loose, just play free, kind of get back to having fun. Cause I think that might be some of what might be going on is it just, everybody's so tight. You know, they're, they're trying too hard to, to be perfect as you know, Brent Venables kind of mentioned that, but maybe they're just not having much fun right now. If you get out there, play loose, play free. You got nothing to lose at this point. You, you don't, you, the perfect season is gone. The chance at the college football playoff is gone and more. I mean, you have a really, really small percentage of making the big 12 title game at this point. So what you're playing for is just each other. You're playing for that game in particular, You're playing for pride. Can you just go out there and play free, play loose and execute the way that you need to, in order to string together some drives, put some points on the board and take a little bit of the pressure off your defense. Cause I mean, yeah, that's as much as the defense has been a problem. They haven't gotten much help from the offense in the last three weeks either. If the offense can kind of sustain some drives, especially get the running game going, then yeah, I'll feel pretty good about this. I'm not, I'm not there yet to pick Oklahoma over Kansas. Maybe I will be by the end of the week right now. To me, it's a toss up. It's a big coin flip for me. So who knows, man, this Kansas Jayhawks team has played really tough all season long. And I haven't seen that from Oklahoma the last couple of weeks. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the one, the, the big bounce back game. Maybe that 49 nothing loss was kind of the, the rock bottom for the team. And now comes the come up. You know, you have to hit rock bottom sometimes before you can actually start to build. You have to, you know, clear, like we talked about in yesterday, you got to clear the field, got to get rid of the stones. Sometimes you got to clear everything else that happened. I mean, I know a lot of people want to put this on, on what happened with Lincoln Riley and people have made some really good ar- arguments that we can probably discuss here in a second. But I do think that this has the chance to be a, a formative game for Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners moving forward. Feels like every single week since they, you know, and really even going into the Kansas state game, right? Because, you know, you, you knew that Deuce Vaughn, if nothing else was going to be, Uh, a serious challenge for Oklahoma defensively. Uh, And, you know, little did we know that it was going to be Adrian Martinez 
that uh, was able to totally shred Oklahoma. And then, you know, then at that point, who, who could have foreseen what happened versus both TCU and Texas since? So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this is a big challenge for Oklahoma, particularly defensively. Jason Bean, if it's indeed his game again, like it was uh, for the majority versus TCU once Daniels went down with a shoulder injury. Guess what? That's somebody that, again, like we talked about, made plays against the Sooners last year, got Kansas out to a lead in that game, and oh, by the way, threw for four touchdown passes last week uh, versus TCU. So he's a nice player. And oh, by the way, the running back, Devin Neal, is a nice, nice little running back too. Now, is he Deuce Vaughn or whoever? Probably not. Is he B. John Robinson? No. But Kendra... Kendra Miller, who, you know, had some nice runs and some gashing runs against Oklahoma. I think he's every bit as good as him, if not maybe even a little bit better. So it's a tall task for the Sooners. I do think, though, that just the the hint of desperation and the return of Dylan Gabriel, to me, sets Oklahoma up to play better than maybe many are thinking in this game, and I can see why they're a favorite. What about the rest of the Big 12? We've got some uh, other results out there that are pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma is – not as we discussed doesn't feel like going to be in that big 12 championship game unless a lot of things happen and you know number one on that list would be them winning six straight games which look uh, i get it; it's a tall task but let's break down some of what we've seen so far in the big 12 what it means for kansas what it means for oklahoma before we do that let me tell you about our nissan thrilling moments our partners at nissan they've worked with us to create a new segment across the lockdown college network titled The Thrilling Moments, where we highlight some of the most exciting plays from Oklahoma's games throughout the the history of Sooner football and uh, obviously from recent weeks. Not a ton that we can highlight for you from the Texas game, unfortunately, but not too far removed, John, from Samaj P. Ryan setting the all-time single-game rushing record versus these Kansas Jayhawks right here in Norman, Oklahoma, not uh, too awfully long ago. So that's this week's Thrilling moment in Oklahoma college football brought to us by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan. They're intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. And when you think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, again, it's got to be uh, got to be our boy Samaj P. Ryan from a couple of years ago. All right, the, the Big 12. Still feeling like Oklahoma State very clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. They got a little bit of a scare from Texas Tech, but managed to survive that. Uh, We wondered what was going to happen between both TCU and Kansas. That was sort of a, I mean, obviously, uh, you you know, Jalen Daniels goes down in the game, and that clearly worked against Kansas. But we wanted to see TCU go win a game like that in a battle of unbeaten. So where are you as the dust settles from the week that was in the Big 12? Where, oh, by the way, I'll just run down the scoreboard real quickly, John. Oklahoma State does beat Texas Tech 41-31. TCU, of course, takes care of Kansas 38-31. K-State, something about the odds makers, man. They always know. I I would have thought this was Kansas State shows up in Farmageddon. It wins this thing by three or four scores. Of course not. The odds makers are correct. K-State does win, but it's 10-9 the final score in that game. And, of course, you know what the Red River game was. Yeah, it's interesting to me. I I do think Oklahoma State right now is the class of the conference. But sneakily, TCU and Kansas State, I think, are both making a very, very strong case to to be in that same tier as Oklahoma State right now. For the last several weeks, I mean, K-State's offense didn't look great against Iowa State, but Iowa State's defense, I think we're realizing, is really, really good. 
but Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, they've just been on the tear since that loss to Tulane. It just kind of awakened a whole new life in that Kansas State offense. And then TCU, we've seen them. You know, we saw them just a couple weeks ago. They had a really good game against Kansas again. A lot of it's going to it's going to be really interesting how this one plays out in Fort Worth this Saturday between Oklahoma State and TCU. We're going to find out who's the best team in the conference, I think, this week. But it still very well could come down to Oklahoma State or Kansas State or TCU, no matter how this weekend goes towards the end of the season. And based on what we saw out of Texas on Saturday, I don't know if they're not the best team in the conference, because what does this team look like with Quinn Ewers against Texas Tech? Does this team beat Alabama if they've got Quinn Ewers for all four quarters? It very may well. And so this is a very interesting Texas team that could make a lot of noise down the stretch and put themselves in position to win the Big 12 for the first time in a long time. So that's kind of where I sit is kind of my top four right now is Oklahoma State, TCU, um, Kansas State, and Texas is kind of where I'm at with my top four right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's those four in whichever order you would like them to be. And uh, I don't think Texas beats Alabama at home. I just think I think Young makes enough plays if, if you know, yours is in there. I, I just think the game plays out differently. But I do think Texas would have won a Texas Tech uh, with with yours in there. I think absolutely in my mind, they'd still be perfect in Big 12 play if Quinn Ewers uh, hadn't missed that contest. I mean, I, to me, it's clear now coming out of the Red River game that uh, absolutely, I mean, he's the better of the two quarterbacks for Texas between himself and Hudson Card. I mean, and I think it's by a pretty healthy margin. You know, I think it's safe to say that. We'll see. I think it's an intriguing Thursday night game between Baylor and West Virginia. That's kind of a sneaky, important game in this league race right now because Baylor, of course, has the the one loss versus Oklahoma State, but I'm not counting the Bears com- completely out of the thing but obviously if they can't go in in morgantown then then any of their conference uh repeat bid goals that takes a, a big hit this week if they can't can't go on the road and beat west virginia so i think that's a pretty intriguing game and then obviously like you mentioned the headliner of course is oklahoma state tcu power ranking it down for me right now i think i'm probably oklahoma state one i'm probably kansas state two Though, you know, to me, I'm splitting hairs between Kansas State and TCU. I'm probably TCU three and then uh, Texas four, Baylor five. Yeah, that's exactly how I had it in my power rankings over at Sooners Wire this week. So it's it's a very intriguing conference this year. Um, Everybody but Oklahoma is playing really competitive football in Big 12 play. So it makes for a lot of fun. Like, yes, it sucks right now to be a Sooners fan, but there's a lot of really fun football happening in your conference. So there's at least that to to take in each week um there's always going to be a really really intriguing matchup you know oklahoma state and tcu you talked about baylor and west virginia and then uh the other you know i I think there's just several good games every single week you know the other one is um you know texas iowa state like texas is going to get a big test from iowa state's defense can can the cyclones travel uh, on their way to austin so that'll be really intriguing to watch as well so again we're gonna we, every week we find out a little bit more about who is in that top tier in the conference and this week we'll answer several more of those questions uh in the big 12 and any other thoughts you want to add on the, on the big 12 stuff before we get out of here josh 
Just one more deal for you here for the Nissan thrilling moments. I hope we find one this week versus Kansas. This segment uh, in the Big 12 talking about some of the thrilling moments we've seen. It's inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. And uh, just hope that we can, uh, in fact, find one of those Nissan thrilling moments. We are desperate, my friend, for a little thrill in Norman, Oklahoma. I do think they play better this week. Is that enough to get them over the top? Obviously, they got to be much, much better defensively. All right, here's my bold prediction for a thrilling moment. Marvin Mims gets back on track with a big passing or big receiving touchdown of 50-plus yards. So there you go. We're going to get that thrilling moment this week from Mr. Marvelous Marvin Mims. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Until tomorrow, we're going to have our live show starting at 10 p.m. Central Time. A little bit late, I know, but hey, just kick back with us. If you're going to bed, just you know, put on the headphones, you know, dim, the, dim the, the screen a little bit so you can enjoy our live show tomorrow night where we'll answer some of your questions, some of your, take in some of your thoughts as well on what's going on with Oklahoma and what we have to look forward to for the rest of the season. But until then, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.